Well, I guess Boston doesn't suck that much. Sorry, New York Post. But hey, on the plus side, the Yankees have all the time in the world to do anything they want. Their vacation starts now. It's the off season. That's party time. It's summer vacation. Kids are just going back to school in the last month, and now the Yankees, you get to go on vacation. School's out. Party time. And seriously, I know there's there's the Tom Brady's and, and these insane people who just eat and breathe and sleep the the sport that they play. I have to imagine, though, most of those guys, yeah, it's disappointing. You lose. You lose against the what was once upon a time an actual rivalry. I don't I think it's mostly just sort of it's sort of just fabricated now. They're really I mean, I guess kind of sort of rivalry. It's always like, hey, Yankees Red Sox are playing. That's, you know, you tune in for it. It's it's not like it was back in the day. I mean, and certainly oh, the the 2003 and 2004 seasons. Mwah. Anyway, uh yeah, so vacation. But I have to imagine there's got like if I had the talent and the ability to be a professional athlete, yeah, I would want to win the Super Bowl or I'd want to win the World Series. I'd want to be a champion. I'd want to have those rings and those trophies and things like that. But also on the same at the same time, <laughs> you gotta think, hey, what's the reward of being so great? You get to go to work more often. If you stink, you're done. You go home. So everybody else's season ended on Sunday, who's not making the playoffs. And the Yankees played one more game, and now they're on vacation. That's, uh, to me, that would be the ideal. That's the real trophy. That's the real championship. Getting the hell out of there at the beginning of October and knowing that you don't have to play another inning of baseball until February. March, whatever it is, whenever spring training starts. And then when you do play that stuff, you get to go you get to go to Florida or Arizona or someplace warm. And uh, while everybody else is freezing their buns off uh, during those months, you get to play baseball at a time when it's really quite lovely to be in a place like Florida. March is about the best month in my opinion, that's the best month to be in Florida. Some say October. I say October sucks in Florida because why would you want to be anywhere else? in October, but uh, a place where the where the leaves change. Um, and November and December, I didn't enjoy that in Florida because uh, I was just thinking about the holidays and how much I wanted to be in a cold place for the holidays. But around January 2nd, I was actually, that was a very short amount of time from about January 2nd until about April 2nd was the very limited amount of time that I was pretty happy to be in Florida, the, the time of year when the snowbirds go down. So, hey, you're the Yankees. You can go to you can go wherever the hell you want right now. You got no commitments, no obligations, no responsibilities. I to me, that's the real. See, you can you can kind of revel in that, knowing that your favorite millionaire players are uh, they're on the golf course. They're sleeping in right now. Yeah, they might feel shitty. Maybe today they're a little sad. But then by the time we get to the weekend, I think they're going to be like, they'll be okay. They'll get over it. They'll move on. They'll go to one of their houses in a lovely area 
in a lovely city in some great location or they'll fly to some beautiful five-star resort and they'll they'll get over it somehow don't worry just like i'm not going to worry when the red sox lose to the tampa bay rays and, and start their vacation in a in a week or two uh yeah following up on that so that was a it was a fun game I actually foolishly stayed up. That was the one a rare time where I did stay up, even though it looked like, yeah, by the sixth inning, it's pretty much okay. I think, I think we got this pretty well at hand. But in baseball, you can, yeah, that can change. You can, you can be, you can be down by four, and easily come back. I don't know, not easily, but you can come back and you can come back and pull something off. But I wanted to, say, I wanted to sit around and make sure that we got to the ninth inning and. Things were wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. And they were. Um, probably, to me, for me, the highlight of the whole evening. Uh, so what I did was I listened to... Let me see if I can... Yeah. Let me see if I can find good old John Sterling. See, what I did is I listened to the broadcast um, on uh, the Yankees radio network on Sirius. So I listened to the game and was able to get my TV matched up. There, you know, there's always a bit of a delay. There was there was a considerable delay between the radio uh coming through uh Sirius and the uh and the and the television broadcast. I I'm not listening to I, I don't even know who it was, A Rod. I I'm not listening to A Rod, sorry. I, I don't care what insights he has to offer on on either teams being very familiar with both of those teams uh, as a as a player as an opponent um but i not uh, not everyone can say this but i quite even as somebody who despises the yankees um i i do enjoy listening i can't believe i'm saying this i do enjoy listening to john sterling and susan waldman uh, doing the call on radio, John Sterling. Uh, this one is I, I can't do John Sterling, but anyway, I, I just enjoy it. It it takes me back to it's nostalgia for me. I I didn't grow up as a baseball fan at all, so I have no I have no real I have no real nostalgic attachment to to really to sports of any kind because I didn't get into I, I was in my twenties when I started really watching watching all the sports. And uh, and I, I enjoyed them. It's been about yeah, it's been about twenty years actually. This this January January of two thousand two, watching that that legendary playoff game between the the Pats and the uh, and the Raiders in the snow, the Tuck Rule game. My girlfriend and I at the time were sitting in a TGI Fridays in Clifton Park, New York, eating uh, sesame chicken, <laughs> and I was just I was captivated by this game. It was so fucking fun to watch and then i just i was like okay i'm in, i'm i'm in this is fun i get it now i used to just watch super bowls for the commercials and the halftime show see michael jackson or whatever the hell was coming out and uh, now i now i get it i get it all right also you get to a point where you're old enough that here's what happened when i was a kid i had a i had a period of like two weeks where i got really into watching baseball i didn't know anything about it i didn't know who the players were. i collected i did collect baseball cards and then like an idiot, I would I numbered them because there's like some weird OCD thing that they had to be in the same order uh, that they came in in the package. I took this baseball card collecting. Uh, it was the hobby 
what the hell do they call it? The activity the curiosity shop or the the hobby shop or the activity workshop or some I can't remember the name of it. Ah, oh, I can't remember. It was after school, elementary school. You could do, and I did one where they taught you about scuba diving, and there was one that was baseball cards, and there was one that was ham radio. Just these cool little after school clubs that were fun. And my mom was a teacher, so I could just go and, uh, you know, she would sit in her room and grade papers and prepare for the next day, and I'd go have my half hour or my hour or whatever it was after school. These little workshops, and uh, and it was I, I loved it. And one of them was baseball card collecting. And as as part of it, that you got a you got a pack of baseball cards, and then the guy told you about the baseball cards. And I had like uh, you know I had some I had some good uh, some good little cards, but I numbered them. They were my they were these tops baseball cards, and I numbered them because I didn't I could not allow them to be out of order, even though there's no actual order. They were in a certain order in the package, and that's the order that I had to keep them in so I took a <laughs> I took a permanent marker and numbered them and then my dad said what the hell is wrong with you because my dad had a whole collection of baseball cards and actually knew stuff about sports actually played sports was actually good at sport was actually a jock unlike me and he had uh Mickey Mantle's rookie card he had all these cards and uh he left them on the floor and his mother, my grandmother, threw them all in the garbage. Uh, the result is that my dad never threw out anything ever again as long as he lived. So, uh, yeah, so he was he was quite disappointed when he saw my baseball card collection that had <laughs> taken marker and put one, two, three on all the cards because they needed to be numbered and they needed to be in the right order. And then I, you know... The, those cards might still be somewhere. I, I think I still have them somewhere in my, my parents' house. And again, the thing about moving a bunch of times is you never know where anything is after after several of those moves. And uh, yeah, and, and my parents have moved, so uh, who knows. Anyway, uh, I never, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I, there was a period of time when I was a kid that I got into baseball. And maybe it was from collecting the baseball cards. I can't remember. Uh, and maybe it was eating at Mickey Mantle's restaurant <laughs> by Central Park. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but I very briefly got into baseball and just really was like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to watch these baseball games. So naturally, my dad saw that and then signed me up to play baseball, which I did not want to do. But I did it, and I thought, okay. And, and my dad would kind of you know, tell me like, hey, you know, here's the thing. A lot of your friends have been playing baseball for a long time. You're just starting. You're you're a fourth grader. You're an old timer at this point. They're, these guys are grizzled veterans. They've been playing <laughs> they've been playing baseball since they were four years old. And you're eight or nine or whatever it is, ten. And uh and 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 you're gonna come in uh, not knowing as much as they do, but you'll you'll have a passion for it that they might not have because maybe they're tired of playing baseball. So you're gonna come in and you're gonna be more excited than they are to play baseball. And not wanting to let down my dad, I thought to myself, that's not at all the case. I'm already tired of playing baseball, and I haven't even stepped out onto the onto the diamond. Uh, but I said, okay, I'll do this. I'll play. I'll try it. Eh. And I went and I played baseball and I hated it. Oh my God, I hated every second of it. I didn't like the coach. I didn't like 
the ball. I didn't like the uniforms. Oh, also, our uniforms, we were sponsored by, uh, by a sanitation company, so that was fun. We were odorless, odorless sanitary cleaners. Uh, so that was fun to have a nice baseball uniform. Uh, you know, some people were like, uh, like a pizza restaurant or, you know, something, something nice in town. And we were the septic system, uh, people. So that was cool. That was cool. Odorless. And every time, uh, you know, we'd be at practice and then the coach would want us to come and huddle up and he'd be like, odorless, bring it in. Like this is a this is a fun experience. We get to be called odorless, and we get to wear odorless on our fucking disgusting t-shirts. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. I hated every second of it. And then there was a baseball game on my birthday, the same birthday where I got Mario Three, Super Mario Three, and I just desperately I said, please, please. I was like crying. I was please don't let me go to this baseball game. I hate it so much. Well, you're on the team and you're committed to the team. And I'm like, yeah, but I stink. The The commitment to the team would be not showing up to the baseball game. And that way they don't have to deal with me being on the team. And they might have a chance. Because I stood in the batter's box and I, I, swung, I swung the bat, I think, three times. And I got one, <laughs> I got one base hit. <laughs> uh, I got uh, one strikeout and they... Yeah, it was it was um yeah, it was awesome. Like just the anxiety. This is like this is why I need to be in therapy quite frankly. The podcast serves as a pretty good therapist as I just talk into my phone. But I think I need to be I I mean, I don't think I definitely need to be in therapy because I got, you know, weird weird stuff and not necessarily, it's just me. It's just my own, you know, my own inherited anxiety passed down from generation to generation uh and i would stand in that that batter's box and just uh yeah just be over completely just paralyzed with anxiety a weird a weird sort of way and it took me the whole fucking season to finally just swing the goddamn bat at practice if people pitched to me i would swing the bat uh playing with my dad i didn't have a problem and then i got onto that thing and it's like oh my god and all these these people are all just staring at me and uh and I, th- I think I think my logic was, rather than strike out by swinging, <laughs> why don't I strike out by doing absolutely nothing? That way nobody can say that I sucked. <laughs> nobody can say I sucked at baseball. I just, nobody knows uh, anything about my baseball skills because I just stood there. That was my logic, I'm pretty sure. It's along, it's in that same vein of like, uh, better to be silent and let people wonder if you're an idiot than to open your mouth and prove without a shadow of a doubt. It's kind of a same, a similar logic to that when I played my baseball career. I was like, well, I suck at this game, but why show the whole world by striking out every time swinging when I can just strike out by standing there? And I'll be honest, you kind of, you do the math a little bit and you play the odds a little bit in your head and I said, I think I have a better chance of getting on base by just standing here. And guess what? I got on base more times than I struck out. So, uh, yeah, Andy Sheridan hit me in the back with a baseball one time. Boom, take your base. Uh, Pete Oliver uh, threw all these, these high and outside. Snatch Daddy threw a high outside 
Ball four. Take your outside. Ball four. Take your base. Okay, I'm on the base. And then I would just let everybody else strike out. And, uh, hey, at least I got on base, asshole. What did you do for the team? Because <laughs> I realized I'm playing a bunch of – I'm a kid. I suck. So do most of these other kids. Most of them are like, you know, there's some there's some ringers out there. Uh, but not not many because we're a bunch of like nine, eight, nine, ten year olds. So I'll just I'll just hang out here and, and see what happens. Anyway, uh, it was it was terrible. I, I hated it so much. And then one time I just said, fuck it. Let's swing this. Let's rip this one. See what happens. And I pointed to left field. I spit out my chewing tobacco and I drilled one deep to center field. <laughs> I didn't drill. I grounded one. I grounded one that I think rolled just slightly past the pitcher. But these fuckers were slow enough. I got to first base. Wouldn't be the last time, ladies. Anyway, uh, yeah, and I hated that. I hated having to play on my birthday, and I would just every time there was a baseball game, I would just pray for rain. I would pr- I would pray for like typhoons, earthquake, like something something that would cause mass chaos and destruction and devastation, just so I didn't have to go to the baseball game and play baseball. And uh, anyway, yeah, it was good fun. Um, lots of. Last night, I never had anxiety playing soccer. I never had any problems with that, oddly enough. I hated soccer, too, because soccer sucks. By the way, I'm so, I thank my kids every day. I'm like, thank you both for having no interest in baseball and no interest in soccer at any point ever in your lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have spent many a Saturday relaxing at home. In the early days, there were many a Saturday, yeah, we're going to dance class, even even up until a little over a year ago. We've got dance class, and we've got karate sometimes on Saturdays, and different things going on. Uh, there were golf lessons one time on a Saturday, and I don't even remember the other. There were a few different little dopey things. Archery we've had on a Saturday morning, all these other things. And now we have nothing on a Saturday morning because my kids... <laughs> They're just like me. They refuse. They're like, I'm not going. I'm not going to play a friggin' game on a Saturday. Hell no. It was the same reason that I, that I quit wrestling. I was a really good wrestler, and that was weird too because it was you know all eyes are on you when you're on the wrestling. It's just you and one other dude wrestling, and everybody's watching you. Uh, but I didn't care because I wanted to be in WWE. I wanted to be a showman in that regard. I didn't want to play stupid baseball. I wanted to be a wrestler. And uh, my first wrestling match, I won just barely, um, and I did the, uh, I did a strut like a Ric Flair, Double J, Jeff Jarrett type of a, a strut towards my friends in the bleachers, and my coach screamed at me, "Don't ever fucking do that again." <laughs> and I didn't. Instead, I would do other things like the Hulk Hogan hand uh, class, which I was usually too tired to even do it. But uh, anyway. Uh, I quit wrestling because uh, when I moved on to 10th grade and ha- automatically had to be on the JV team uh, and then realized, oh, my God, there's tournaments every single Saturday and they go all fucking day from sunup until mid-afternoon, sundown. It's winter. So, yeah, basically is sunup to sundown. You're in the some gym somewhere wrestling all day. 
And you're not wrestling that whole time. You're wrestling maybe a couple of times. And if you're eliminated, then you're not doing anything. And then you're just sitting there. I went to a tournament in Pennsylvania somewhere, I think. I came in second because I got to the finals. And it was like my fourth match of the day. And I think the other kid felt the same way I did. And like any sudden movement, we were both going to throw up on each other. And so I, I couldn't move because I knew I was going to puke all over this kid. And so I didn't care. I'm like, give me second place. I know it's not worth it. Uh, not worth it to throw up. If you've ever seen me throw up, you know that I'll take second place and no throwing up over first place and throwing up any day of the week. Uh, <laughs> but I quit wrestling because, oh, okay. The, the previous year, I was ca- one of the captains. Our team was undefeated. We had more people in the stands watching the freshman wrestling team than the JV and varsity teams had combined. It was a huge – it was awesome. It was huge. We were, we were, we were putting buttons in seats, brother, packing them in, brother. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's, uh, let me just go out on that high note and uh, go out as the captain of the undefeated wrestling team and having not had to uh, do anything except wrestle one Saturday tournament. And I got a taste of that, uh, giving up my entire Saturday. And I said, no, no thanks. That's not for me. Um, get spend my whole life playing a sport as a kid. So what? So I can grow up and just I don't know. Do what? Have my kid play the same sport? Put the same pressure on them? Nah, fine. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the baseball thing. So what I'm getting to, my point that I'm getting to is, I I got into baseball briefly when I was in fourth grade. And I was made to play baseball as a result. And I hated it. And I hated baseball after that. I got into sports in my 20s because also part of me realized, hey, if I'm into these sports, nobody's going to make me play them. I'm I'm a grown-up now. I don't have to play a sport just because I'm into it. So I like sports now. That was a big big turning point. Anyways, uh, what's the point of all of this? The point is... I don't remember. I actually don't remember. I was talking about baseball. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> I can't keep myself in check. The Red Sox, Yankees, uh, baseball cards. I don't know. Uh, to me, again, it's it seems like it would be a nice treat to. I would if me playing baseball. I would much rather not go to the playoffs so that I can get a longer vacation. Maybe that's my whole point. In any event. Uh, yeah, I've I've been a oh oh the nostalgia. There we go. Boy, boy, oh boy. I do go on these tangents, do I not? John Sterling, Susan Waldman. So I don't have any nostalgia when it comes to sports. I don't have like you know, my dad wasn't a huge he was a huge jock. Like my dad played every sport. He coached every sport. He was a ref, he was an umpire, he knew everything about every sport and took part in it and he was, you know, when he was a kid, football, baseball, he played everything. He played every sport. And when I was a kid, he was, you know, he was an official. He officiated basketball. He uh, he did all this stuff. Before I was born, he was, you know, he coached all kinds of shit. He coached my soccer team. Like he's, he's just, there are the, that's what a jock is, is somebody who can just go and sort of understand the fundamentals of any sport and just pick it up. 
and within a few minutes, they just know it and they get it and they understand it. I do not have that ability. I still watch football games 20 years later and I listen to the analysts and I, I listen to just people like at work and they're talking about this and they're talking about like the secondary and this thing and this, you know, this offense and these schemes and all this stuff. And I'm just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just see a bunch of guys like, and most of them are just trying to push each other. And the one guy's just trying to throw the ball or hand it to somebody. And it's like, I don't, I don't see these little nuanced things. And I'm, there's still a big part of me that thinks there is no like great, like the great, like somebody has to be a great player, right? Like they can't all be terrible. So it's just, there's, there's a combination of like physical giftedness and height and, just being able to sort of see things in slow motion uh, rather than real time. But I just, you know, you watch some of these uh, bonehead plays that these millionaire professionals make, and it's like, I I don't know that anybody really, I don't know that there is any real great strategy, but there is, and the coaches will tell you otherwise. I, I you know, <laughs> I'm a fairly analytical person. I, my role has been analyst in my career for a long time. And I just, yeah, sports. I don't have the, I don't have the sports vision, and I don't have the jock those abilities to just like, you know, some people. And and when I say jock, it doesn't mean you just show up and you're great at every sport. It just means that you have the basic capabilities to, to play a sport. You can just pick up golf clubs and just be good at hitting balls. It doesn't mean you'd be great at golf. It just means you can just do a basic. You could play a basic round of golf, and not totally embarrass yourself. Or you could shoot hoops. And most of them will go in without any real effort. That's the kind of shit. And that's, you know, that was my dad. Me, uh, no, none of that. None, none of that existed. I wasn't really a good wrestler either. I just, at the time, I was 13, 14, and I happened to hit puberty when I was like 11. So I was bigger and stronger, even though I wasn't that tall. I'm the height that I am now. So for 7th, 8th grade, or 8th, ninth grade, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty tall. I was taller than a lot of the kids in my grade when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, different story, <laughs> and and every year after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, my dad was just you know he didn't he didn't have like this great love of the Yankees or the Mets or anything like you know he liked it he enjoyed sports he would watch sports, but he never had like a real team that he rooted for. So I didn't have like I didn't share that with with anybody you know close to me or anything like that. So I never grew up with like oh it's nostalgia for going to these games and this and that. Um, you know, on field trips I went and saw Yankees Red Sox games at, at the original Yankee Stadium, which is a thrill of a lifetime. It was awesome, but I don't have any attachment. So the nostalgia for me is stuff that I picked up like in my twenties. Like I'm nostalgic for uh, you know if John Madden came back to the booth just for one one game, I would just be thrilled. I'd love to just listen to John Madden just as a if they had a game in Oakland and they just invited him to just come to Sunday night football or Monday night football or anything and just show up as a just a special guest. Just sit in the booth for, you know, twenty minutes and just just talk football for a little bit. Um it's uh, that's the kind of thing. And similarly, when I was in my twenties, I would listen to well, originally it was John Sterling and Charlie Steiner. And then I want to say, what was it, somewhere 2003, 4, 5, somewhere in there? 2004, 2005, uh, Steiner left and it was uh, he was replaced with Susan Waldman. So it's been, for almost 20 years, it's been uh, John Sterling and Susan Waldman. 
and her her voice is uh, you know it's nails on a chalkboard for for many people and uh, myself included. I just thought this is unlistenable. How can anybody listen to this this broadcast? Goodness gracious, John! Roger Roger Clemens, John! Goodness goodness gracious, John! Goodness gracious! Uh, but it's uh, you know it's become endearing, and it's uh, you know it's whatever. It's the sound. Uh, on my uh, summer afternoon uh, on, a, on a lunch break working at Barnes & Noble, sitting in my car, listening to a Yankee broadcast. Listen to a Mets broadcast if that was on, but uh, the, the Yankee station came in much better, much clearer than uh, WFAN, depending on where I was. So it was, it was a more reliable signal. So I didn't, and, I had a, and I also had a piece of shit car, so that was, that was a big piece of it too. If I was home on a good stereo, I could pick both of those up easily. Or if I was in a good car, I could pick them up very easily. But uh, yeah, and the, and the piece of junk that I was driving in those days, uh, in the mid-aughts, in my mid-twenties, uh, yeah, I, I did. I had a crappy car. And, and so I listened to a lot of Yankee games. I listened to a lot of John Sterling. And uh, so last night, this is my 20 uh, minutes way of... <laughs> That's my 20-minute uh, backstory on why I was listening to the Yankees broadcast last night. Because I enjoy – I do. I'll put on some – not always, not often. Um, I love listening to Jerry Remy on the television broadcast for the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Eckersley – that's a good – you know, that's good. It's fun to listen to him. Remy's a great guy. He just seems like a truly good person. Uh, and it was nice to see Remy throw out the first pitch last night, even though he's got the, you know, the tubes in his nose and stuff like that. But just to see him there smiling and, and throwing out a pitch live at the, at the stadium after, you know, he spent most of the season in the broadcast booth, which was great. And then I want to say early August, maybe he had to go, go back, leave the, leave the booth again and, and take care of himself. And so it was good to see him last night and it was good to hear, you know John Sterling. Obviously, look, it's just a game. It's a it's a rivalry, but it's just a game. There's bigger things. And to hear John Sterling, you know, just say, "Hey, it was great to see my buddy. Great to see Rem Dog out there." And uh, you know, and John Sterling's getting very choked up, getting emotional. Uh, you know, that's that's the that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> Not to be cliche, but it's 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 bigger than the than the game. Uh, anyways. So I listened to the I listened to the Yankees broadcast of the game last night uh, while I had and I was able to get the you know it was like 30 20 seconds off and so I had to I would pause the TV to try and get it precisely caught up to where uh, you know so the the audio the radio call and the TV were and then I would pause the TV and then I'd have to rewind it and it was off by like a split second so I'd quick pause unpause uh, you know and all that stuff and then I got it to where uh, you know I would hear the crack of the bat on the on the audio just as it was happening in TV. So I got it perfectly lined up. Anyway, uh, it's, it's nostalgic for me to listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman. It takes me back to, to simpler times, sitting in, my, <laughs> sitting in my crappy Buick, whatever that, Buick Century, whatever it was, that white piece of shit uh, with, one of the, with by far the worst uh, radio stereo system ever. Just a just a crap ass car, um, 
that I had I had downgraded Buicks. I started out with a well, I started out with a crappy Buick that just kind of rode it into the ground, but it was like, hey, I've got a car. This is awesome. My uh, '85 Skylark. And then my grandmother gave me her 89 Park Avenue, which was the Electra. It was fully loaded, just had everything, the power sunroof, power windows, power, everything was power. It was the first time that I didn't have to roll that crank. The stereo system was unbelievable. Cushy leather seats. Ah, it was a, it was a thing of beauty. It was, it was really great. The little trunk, the magnetic trunk, the electromagnetic trunk that you didn't have to slam, and it would just... Zzz, close the trunk and the radio antenna zzz, would go down. Uh, just a just a lovely, lovely car, and a nice tape deck so I could put the tape adapter and plug it into my <laughs> plug it into my disc man <laughs> and listen to tunes. Anyway, uh, but by the mid aughts, I had a I had the crappiest of all the Buicks, the Buick Century, a white Buick Century, and I would yeah, I'd sit and I I'd eat my Subway sub sandwich. Or if I brought my peanut butter sandwich and some Pringles and I would just sit in the car, close my eyes and just kind of, you know, take in the, that summer air and listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman. So I, I enjoy listening to them uh, now for that reason. It's, it's nostalgia more than anything. Uh, but one of the real highlights of last night's <laughs> Yankees-Red Sox game, and it's taking me 30 minutes to get to this, sorry, but one of the highlights was... Uh, well, let's let's see if I can play it. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Oops. Now, wh- what, did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. <laughs> he is at first base. Because that's what happens when you hit a single. You go to first base. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny boy. Not a not a home run. Uh not even an <laughs> not even an in the park home run, let alone an out of the park home run. Gotta get them glasses fixed, brother. But that was pretty funny, and I happened to be listening and why I happened what's crazy is I turned on I was I, I turned on my phone and I was recording it as it as it happened. Didn't even have to rewind or anything like that. I just happened to be, I, I just recording the TV because I wanted. A, I, I don't even know why. I just turned my phone camera thing on and, oh yeah. Uh, so that was that was pretty funny, but uh, it's also funny too. Uh, this morning, reading some of the comments from Boston people on the New York Post article from yesterday. Uh, how do I find saved things? Where do I find stuff that I have saved? Is that, I guess this is it. Yeah, pages. Nope, I don't know. I can't find my saved. Oh, there it is. It's the thing that says saved. Um, where was it? Two hours ago. Is this the one? Oh, no, no, no. New York Post launches tirade. Yeah, just reading the comments from Boston Globe. Oh, no, I don't want to see. I don't want to see the article. I want to see the post. Okay great that's perfect that doesn't work for me then a lot of people screaming and crying about the uh about the new york post a lot of bostonians not thrilled with the new york post article yeah well your city smells like garbage and piss (laughs) that's not false (laughs) new york city literally stinks especially in the summer uh 
There's big, big mountains of trash bags at all times on all street corners, not not even corners, all all along the streets. Big heaping piles of garbage. And yeah, it's not a great smell. And yeah, the urine, you, you pick that up once in a while, it's not a great smell either. But, uh, oh, and my Facebook just crashed, so that's great. This is all coming together. This is all really working out for me. All right, so what if I go to Facebook? Hopefully my recording will still record. Okay. So somebody had this in a a group that I follow, Old Dirty Boston. And by the way, speaking of the pizza yesterday, the pizza in Boston is terrible. You know, I'm sure sure there's a good slice, and I hope to find it, but I I, I haven't. And uh, (laughs) somebody... I'm not going to read this whole thing. This is just a, just to show you how nutty Boston is. Somebody posted this on the old Dirty Boston uh, Facebook group. Just so you people from Mass don't forget your roots. And for those of you who try to understand us New Englanders, the geographical center of Boston is in Roxbury. Due north of the center, we find the South End. This is not to be confused with South Boston, which lies directly east from South End. And this is why I personally... Uh, don't know if I'm in the South End or if I'm in South Boston, and I didn't know that they were two different things for a very long time. So that makes a lot of sense. North of South End is East Boston, and southwest of East Boston is the North End. That's factual. And that's why I never under when people are like, oh, over in Eastie. I'm like, Eastie? Wouldn't Eastie be Southie? No, Southie. Southie's Southie. Eastie's Eastie. And then the North End, I'm like, well, they call that Northy? No, it's called the North End, you idiot. Obviously. You get Southy, Easty, and the North End. Not Northy. Is there a Westy? No, that's just stupid. That's just a stupid question. There's no school on School Street, no court on Court Street, no dock on Dock Square, no water on Water Street. That, that's not entirely true. I've seen a lot of water on Water Street. You, you go on, walk down Water Street on a rainy day, you'll see why it's called Water Street. Back Bay, Boston streets are in alphabetical order. Arlington, Berkeley, Clarendon, Dartmouth. It's okay. Who cares? Streets are named after trees. You're in Beacon Hill, right? Uh, Massachusetts Avenue is Mass Ave. Commonwealth Avenue is Com Ave. South Boston is Southie. The South End is the South End. East Boston is Eastie. The North End is east of the former West End. The West End and Scale Square are no more. A guy named Rappaport got rid of them one night. Roxbury is the Berry. I've never heard anyone refer to it as the Berry. Jamaica Plain is JP. Certainly people say JP. There are two state houses, two city halls, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so, I don't care about that. Um, most people live here all their life and still do not know what the hell is going on with this one. Route 128 South is I-95 South. And I get it. They just, you know, that's... But it's, And then it says it's also I-93 North. Uh, maybe that's long before my time that that was I-93 North, but it's not It's not at all I-93 North. I-93 North, the expressway, is I-93 North. It's a completely separate road. You get off I-93 North to take 95 South, formerly 128 South, or still 128 South, depending on who you ask. And then for me, that takes me to Route 3, which takes me North back to New Hampshire. So I, I, I think these, these people don't even know their own... I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm an idiot. The underground train is not a subway, it's the T, and it does not run all night. Uh, yeah, of course not. 
And then, for Christ's sakes, this ain't New York. Yeah, that's for sure. Order the cold tea in Chinatown after 2 a.m. And by the way, that you know, when you're talking about the little, you know, it's all in good fun, the article about Boston sucks and New York is the city that never sleeps and it's open all night and your subways are open all night and all that stuff. Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, uh, having been on both subways, uh, I've never... <laughs> I've never felt that I was in any danger riding the T ever at any point. Um, the T can be a little obnoxious, a little annoying when everybody's cramming in there and then they're yelling, move back, move back. I can't, you fuck. Or you're yelling at somebody, can you move back? Can you move back? You're blo- You're just standing in the middle. We're trying to, can you move back? Other than that, it's the friendliest motherfuckers. They give up their seats for the little kids, they give up their seats for the elderly for pregnant women, for, you know, people who need the seats, people will just get up and give you their seats on the tee every time. I've only encountered one total douche on the tee, and, you know, he was just he was just this big ginger dummy, and that was fine. One, one time in all my years of riding the tee, that's nothing. Uh... So there is, and, and certainly, yeah, there's not big bags of trash all over the place in Boston. It is a very clean city. Boston smells great. Um, I, I love the, the, the sm- you know, I don't think New York stinks as bad as people say it does. You know, you walk around in the summer, yeah, you catch, if you're walking back by big mountains of trash, you're, yeah, you're going to catch uh, whiffs of things, sure. Uh, if you're walking past... You know, if you catch, yeah, you're gonna. There's there's bad smells, and there's there can be bad smells in Boston too. Uh, but what I can tell you is that Boston, I think Boston smells really good. It's a really good smelling city. There's been so many times where I've been walking from my office to whatever South Station, North Station, uh. Park Street Station, <laughs> whatever station, uh, or to the parking garage where I'm sitting in my car on the Zaycom Bridge, and I just, you get the smell of the sea, you get that salty ocean smell, and then sometimes I'll get this, I'll catch on the breeze, and I have a terrible sense of smell, I'll catch the smell of like, it smells like a restaurant, like food, like bread, like warm bread, it just smells like a restaurant, you can just smell... Boston smells great. Boston's clean, pretty friendly. They don't like to tell you this. It's, you know, oh, it's the rudest. Yeah, the traffic. People, everybody's an asshole in traffic. Uh, and then uh, it's, yeah, it smells great. It's clean. People are nice. It's a great city. When all joking aside, it is a great city. Uh, but so is New York. And I, I absolutely, you know, all things being equal and, the kids are out of school and I've just got money to blow and they say, hey, you can live you can live right in the heart of Boston uh, in a nice high rise overlooking the common maybe overlooking, uh, you know, maybe you're on Beacon Hill, one of these nice places. Or uh, you can live uh, somewhere in the heart of Manhattan. I'm yeah, again, I'm choosing I'm choosing Manhattan in, a, in pretty much every scenario. But here's the but what I didn't mention is. I would like to move to Manhattan for maybe a year or two. I don't know that I would enjoy it beyond that. I think two years would be the absolute max. That's the difference. Boston, even though my preference is New York, 
And this is, I guess this is the big difference. Boston, I could see myself comfortably living there indefinitely. Uh, it's just one of those weird things. Um, but maybe that's not true. Maybe I'd get tired of both places. Maybe I'd get tired of neither place. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, they're both great cities. They're both just great. Uh, Bostonians think it's their God-given right to cut off someone in traffic. And then parenthetically it says, it is. Yeah, that's why I fucking hate this place. These fuckers. And and that's why I've become such a fucking, not a shitty driver, but just such an aggressive driver. Because I know if you leave not even a full car length, if you leave half a car length, some shithead, some mass hole motherfucker or New Hampshire hole is going to fucking weasel their way in or attempt to. And I have many, many incidents where somebody honks at me because I'm not letting them in because I don't do that. And I feel bad because I'm tailgating the shit out of the person in front of me, but so is everybody else because I'm not I'm not looking to be cut off by some shithead. If you want to put your blinka on, uh I'm still not going to let you in, but I would consider it. Uh okay. Bostonians think there are only 25 letters in the alphabet, no Rs except an idea. Yeah, that's true, but you know what? The younger generation, I don't I don't hear any kids uh with that accent. It's that's uh that's uh that's going the way of the dinosaur too. The Boston accent. You know, the southern accent. You hear you live in the south and you hear a bunch of kids with southern accents. You live in New England and you don't hear any kids with with New England accents. With New Hampshire accents, with Boston accents, with any kind of New England accent, you just, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a single kid who talks like that. Like it's, it's, it's being unlearned by the future generations who are just, you know, talking like people. Um, but even like, yeah, New York area, you hear, you'll hear kids who sound like they're from New York and you don't hear a lot of kids with that accent. I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure there's a bunch of kids, but I don't know. Having having elementary school age kids, uh, the six years that I've been here, I've not once heard a single child in their class. A lot of their parents and grandparents and teachers and people, they all have the accent, whether it's, you know, and a lot of people where we live are from Boston. It's only, it's less than 40 miles away. There's a lot of transplants. And uh, so there's a lot of Boston accents in New Hampshire and New Hampshire accents and New England accents. And I don't know, you know, there's, the New Hampshire one's a little more like this. It's a little more like a rodent. <laughs> the Boston one's a little more, a little more subdued. It's a little more, it's a little more like this. Like, you know, well, that's wicked, wicked good kid. And the New Hampshire, the New Hampshire accent's sort of like this. <laughs> it's a little more Weasley. Like the first time I was in Walgreens and they had a two pack of Snickers uh, and, and, within one package and so all the all the candy all the packages of candy were sort of bent over because the top snickers bar was folded over the bottom snickers bar the way they had them set up in the little display thing and the woman in front of me is like oh you you gotta move those candy bars the candy bars are gonna melt and then the cashier said no that's it's not melting it's there's two candy bars oh i thought it was i thought the can i thought it was one candy bar and it was melting 
Uh, but you don't hear kids like that. You, all the bunch of parents, like most people above a certain age have that accent who are from here and none of their children do. It's, it's going away. It's, uh, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. I'm telling you, like when I'm, uh, you know, I guess there'll be people my age and, and maybe, maybe, maybe a few years younger than me that still have it, but I don't, you know, teenagers and, and younger, you don't hear that accent. You really don't. You might hear little, little snippets here and there when somebody doesn't have an R, but anyway, uh, what, uh, what, uh, what else? Boston, think that three straight days of 90 plus temperatures is a heat wave. That's because that's, that's literally what a heat wave is. If you pay attention to the, that's, that's the definition of a heat wave. Six, refer to six inches of snow as a dusting. No, they don't. Nobody thinks of six inches of snow as a dusting. Always bang a left as soon as the light turns green and oncoming traffic always expects it. Yeah, that's true. Believe using your turn signal as a sign of weakness. Yes, um, because that's how stupid everybody is here. They have no idea. If I'm sitting waiting to make a left turn and I see a car with mass plates coming, I know that I'm going to waste my time waiting for them to go past me, even though they are absolutely going to turn right onto the street that I'm on, which would have allowed me to make my left turn much earlier had they, if there only there was some way to signal where you're turning in your car, if only. Uh, Bostonians think 63 degree ocean water is warm. No, they don't. Nobody thinks that. They just... There's no other option, so they might go in it. Uh, think Rhode Island accents are annoying. Yeah, I, I can, I can get down with that. Even though I don't, I couldn't do a Rhode Island accent. You know it when you hear it. But the bridge connecting Boston and Cambridge via Mass Ave is commonly known as Harvard Bridge or Harvard Bridge. When it was built, the state offered to name the bridge for the Cambridge School that could present the best claim for the honor. Harvard submitted an essay detailing its contributions to education in America, concluding that it deserved the honor of having a bridge leading into Cambridge, named for the institution. MIT, the actual smarter school, did a structural analysis of the bridge and found it so full of defects that they agreed it should be named for Harvard. <laughs> this is all true. Okay. Do not pack your car at Harvard Yard. They'll tow it to Medford or Somerville. Do not sleep in the common. Do not sleep on the common. Okay. Do not wear orange and Southie on St. Patrick's Day. The Sox equal the Red Sox, the C's, Celtics, the B's. Yeah, okay. Pats are the pit. Yeah, we know that. Uh, and then it's a bunch of stupid pronunciations of Worcester, Gloucester, Leicester, Woburn, Dedham, Revere, Quincy, Tewksbury, Lemonster, Peabody. It's not Peabody, as I learned when I worked uh, my first job in Boston. It's not Peabody. It's Peabody. Just like it's not Swampscott, it's Swampskit. Hey, you, uh, you're uh, real highfalutin up there in Swampskit. You think you're better than everyone, you're from Swampskit. That's where the governor lives. Anyway, uh, a lot of weird... Tonic means soda. If it's carbonated and flavored, it's tonic. I've never heard anyone say... Yesterday, my boss actually said tonic, because I was joking. I told him about how my oldest said bubbler. Well, not with the accent, just said bubbler. And, uh... And he's like, ah, oh, next thing you know, they'll be saying tonic instead of soda. Like, I haven't, I've not once in my six years here, I've heard anyone say tonic, but yeah, I guess that's a thing. 
Pop is another name for dead. Smallest beer is a pint. Okay. Scrod is whatever they tell you it is. Usually whitefish. If you paid more than seven per pound, you got scrod. It's not a water fountain. It's a bubbler. <laughs> it's not a trash can. It's a barrel. Not a hero or a grinder. It's a sub. I think most people call it a sub. It's not a shopping cart. It's a carriage. Not a purse. It's a pocketbook. That's also in New York. I mean, my, my grandmother said pocketbook all the time. Get my pocketbook. I'll give you a butterscotch disc. It's not a rubber band. It's an elastic. No, nobody's ever said that. Uh, they're not Franks. They're hot dogs. Well, unless you're at Fenway, they're called Fenway Franks, dummy. Police do not drive patrol units or black and whites. They drive a cruiser. If you take the bus, you're on a loser cruiser. It's not a traffic circle, a roundabout. It's a rotary. No, it's a roundabout. Going to the islands means going to Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket. Well, yeah, of course. It's the islands. Send this to your friends who do not live in Boston. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, so there, there's just it not really a really it wasn't a retaliation to the Boston to the to the New York Post thing, but it was just one of those funny things that you say. Yeah, these Bostonians are weird. They have weird names for things. They're pretty dumb. A lot of <laughs> a lot of New Englanders are just dumb. You realize like. This everywhere is stupid. Like I said, there's just a lot of dummies everywhere, and uh, and there's no shortage of them in the Boston area. People just think it's a smart place because yeah, some of the best schools and colleges are in the country are here in Boston. So you have a lot of bright minds. So of course it's very intelligent and the good public schools in a lot of areas. Uh, so that's that's great. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of morons. Just come to New Hampshire, you'll find them. Go to any they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. So the Red Sox win, and they're on to face the Rays. And uh, so that's fun, I suppose. And uh, we'll see what happens. That starts, I guess that starts, uh, what's today, Wednesday? So that starts Thursday. So that's something to watch. I guess that's, for me, a reason to watch the postseason this this year. Uh, Otherwise, that's the other thing. I, I'll kind of if the if the Yankees or the Mets are in the postseason, yeah, I'll I'll pay a little bit of attention. If the Red Sox are in the postseason, I'll definitely pay some attention. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't care. So Red Sox, Yankees, Mets. So I'm happy, and, and specifically if the Red Sox are in the postseason, then of course I'm very happy. So I'm very happy. It'll be nice watching uh, watching some more Red Sox games, although. Probably a disappointing outcome. Not to be down on the Red Sox, but eh. Eh. It's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just full of uh it's just full of good sports teams these days. Like Tampa's the new Boston, I guess. I mean, quite literally, since since the Patriots all moved down there to play for the Buccaneers. <laughs> but geez, you got the the Lightning, the the Bucks, the Rays, all all really good teams. Go go Tampa, I guess. Um, so anyway. And they had Boston 25 News, the Fox station here in Boston. Uh, no. Um, trying to log in here. I'm trying to get some, get a little video that I recorded. Uh, Kelly Sullivan was outside Fenway this morning just talking about the Sox, you know, about to take the trip to Tampa to... Go on and face face the Rays 
and my video is not loading, so I, yeah, please check your internet. Great. It's awesome. Thank you, Facebook, for giving me just what I was hoping to get. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's pointless. She really, <laughs> she had a great, uh, on the spot talking about like, well, well, I guess the, uh, well, Kelly, I suppose the, uh, It'll it'll be tough. Uh, last night it was a home crowd for Boston here in Fenway, and going on the road to Tampa, it'll be a little bit more difficult because it won't be a home crowd. She said, "Well, not quite because uh, the hometown uh, Boston." Uh, she really just uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what happened. She's like, the Boston. Uh, you know, there's not really if you've ever been there uh, to Tropicana Field. There's not really a lot of uh, uh, Rays fans. It's um, you know. A lot of Boston fans, so you'll see that, uh, you know, when they're there in that uh, in that big dome thing, and you'll uh, and you'll hear it, and they'll be f- they're fans of of Boston, and that's what it'll be like. <laughs> Reporting live outside of Fenway, I'm Kelly Sullivan, Boston Twenty Five News. Okay, thanks, thanks, Kelly. Great job. <laughs> And that was my recap of it since I can't log into my stupid thing. And I'm talking on my phone where I have the video saved, so I can't, I can't play it that way, but who cares? You got a better recap than the actual thing. Anyway, uh, I got to go. Time to get on. Get on with my life. Get on with my day. You do the same. Enjoy. Is there anything else? I don't think there's anything else that I, that I had an urgent need to talk about. Oh, oh, I did want to talk about it. You're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, he's in a bit of trouble, the coach of the Jaguars, with uh, some little lady who's not his wife grinding up against him and his hands are, I don't know where, uh, in various places. And that photo, it's at his own restaurant. It's at, like, whatever his stupid restaurant is called. His restaurant that has pictures of him, like these art paintings of Urban Meyer and his wife on the on the walls. And he's in that restaurant in the shadows of, of a painting of, of he and his wife. And he's uh, doing a God knows what with, uh, yeah, some girl. She's sitting at the bar and she's she's having a good time grinding and all that. And, uh, yeah, he's in he's in a bit of a <laughs> he's in a bit of a pickle at the moment. Uh, so I, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Uh, and there was a yeah, there was a tweet. And I can't, oh, wait a minute. I don't have the tweet. I'm really um, batting a thousand. Oh, here we go. Urban Meyer. So for those of you who don't know, Urban Meyer is the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a great college coach, not a particularly great NFL coach. He tried to bring back Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, who hasn't played uh, any football on a professional level since uh, 2013. 2014, and he stunk. He was a great quarterback, football, uh, Florida, and you know obviously has a relationship with Herb. When Herb coached there, and uh, the the Tebow experiment in 2021 did not work out so well, and so he got cut. Um, and Urban Meyer was caught. Uh, there's pictures of Herb at uh, at his restaurant with some girl doing you know just. A little close, a little closer than you would be should be with anyone who's not your your girlfriend or your wife. I shouldn't say that because maybe she is his girlfriend. <laughs> he shouldn't be that close with anyone who's not his wife. 
Uh, and there was this thread on Twitter. The Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me he has zero credibility in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. Players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young woman getting cozy at that Ohio bar. He even canceled... Oh, it's an Ohio bar, so maybe... Yeah, I mean, he was he was the Ohio State coach for a while, too, wasn't he? He, was, uh, he coached Florida, championships down there, coached Ohio State. Great college coach. Uh, so he has a restaurant in Ohio. Uh... Meyer only apologized to position groups individually. He portrayed the woman in the video as a random person who was just there dancing. Yeah, she just didn't notice that his crotch was in her uh, backside. Suffice it to say, his audience was highly skeptical. Said one player, we looked at him like, WTF. Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. Bottom line, said the player, it's bad. I don't know how he's going to function. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's already news about him, but I can't imagine. Well, there, uh, yeah. I just can't, I can't imagine that this dude's going to be coaching much longer. A, because the team stinks, and B, now he's got this PR mess on his hands. And uh, the Khan family, uh, not too happy with him. So he's, yeah, he's out of here. Urban Meyer is, uh, he's gone at some point. Even if he's not gone yet, he will be gone. It's a crazy story. Always always something. All right. Now that's it. Now I'm done. It's been an hour. Hope you've enjoyed it. Red Sox-Yankees was good fun. It, it kind of didn't quite remind me of the old days of 2003 and 2004 and, you know, all these, I mean, Pedro and and, and, and Johnny Damon and, and Big Poppy and Manny and, you know, uh, the Bloody Sock, Kurt Schilling and... Uh, and then, you know, on the Yankees, Jeter, Jeter, <laughs> and, and, and uh, a Jeter, A-Rod, Giambi, Hideki, uh, Matsui, uh, 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 Gary Sheffield, and, uh, and, uh, all these guys, uh, uh, Jorge Posada, uh, Mariano Rivera, like all, you know, Pedro th- <laughs> throwing Don Zimmer on the ground. <laughs> I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. That was that was a blast to be a part of those years, two thousand three and two thousand four. Man, it's it doesn't get any better than those. You're not. I don't. You're never going to recreate that, unfortunately. Uh, but anyways, it was fun to watch, uh, especially after you know the Yankee fans were very pleased with themselves after after sweeping the Sox last weekend, and then you know what? When it actually really, really mattered. Now, yes, those games mattered. If the Sox had won all of those games, then uh, we might not have had this game last night in all likelihood. But we did, and, and the Red Sox won when it really, really mattered, and now they're on, they're on to the, the rest of the, the, the next playoff round against the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Yankees are going home. But like I said, they're not really – they're going home. It's vacation time. I'm so jealous. I wish I was, I wish I was a New York Yankee. A, you get to say, look at me. I'm playing for the Yankees. And B, your your vacation starts today. I'm fucking, like I said, maybe you're spending a day being a little, you know, sad sack, a little pity party for a day or so. But uh, I don't know, man. Or at least at least I'm pretending to. I think that's that would be my thing. Is I would just be pretend, like, 
you know, if somebody calls, my parents called and said, hey, son, you know, chin up, you'll get him next time. I'd be like, yeah, I just wish we were going on to play Tampa and just play many more weeks worth of baseball instead of going home to just relax and sleep in. But I'll get over it. I just, yeah, there's always next year. And then you play that up for for a little while and then you just you move on with your life. <laughs> I'm so fucking jealous of the Yankees right now. I'm not jealous of the Red Sox because they have more work to do. I'm jealous of the Yankees because they're done. They're home. Anyway, I'm not on the Yankees, so I have work to do. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Don't forget to go to birthdayboyshop.com. Christmas is coming. Birthdayboyshop.com. Get all your merch. Talk to you later on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.